the soaring rates of inflation uh, that have been uh, record highs, well, not record highs, but more than we've seen in decades, like, you know, 30, 40 years. Uh, And we've talked a lot about the price of buying a home in this country, which is, wow, I mean, it's up 20 plus percent over the past year or so. And in response, of course, the Bank of Canada bringing in interest rate hikes, right? Expecting another one tomorrow. Just if you know, I tried to make an appointment down at my bank. Not easy to do. Not easy to do. Uh, But it's expected that the interest rate will be adjusted by at least a half point tomorrow, just like it was last month. So that changes things in terms of buying a house as well. The cost of buying a home, bottom line, in Canada right now is higher than it has ever been before. Um, It's cooling off a little bit, the housing market we've seen over the last couple of months, but not a ton and far too late for a lot of people. Uh, And then again, you got the interest rates, which affect affordability. So it's not easy out there. It's not easy at all. We're going to have a discussion now with Paul Kershaw, who's a professor at the University of British Columbia and the founder of Generation Squeeze, which looks at the eroding housing affordability right across our country. Paul, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, you you sort of take a look at this through an historical lens in terms of, okay, what is the cost now versus what it was? Because we always hear that argument, right? You always hear it from old people like me saying, you know, it wasn't easy to buy a house when I was a kid either, but it is drastically different now than it ever has been before, right? Yes. So let's acknowledge that um, making a home for oneself has always required hard work. Exactly. What's What's different is that hard work used to pay off considerably more than it does today when thinking about the work required to cover our major cost of living. So let me give you a then and now story. Back in the day, mid-1970s, when my mom was starting out as a young woman in Canada's housing market, it took about five years of full-time work to save a 20% down payment on an average-priced home in the country. Uh, On average... In BC and Ontario, our most expensive places, and also in Alberta. In fact, in Alberta at the time, it might have been closer to six years uh, around uh, uh, Calgary. Okay. But, but if you flash forward to today, across the country, it now takes 17 years on average. Wow. 22 in Ontario and British Columbia. And happily, since we're talking about Alberta, it's more around 10 years where you are right now. So it's harder than it used to be. There is real pressure that the wealth that has been accumulated from Ontario and BC now wants to find a new place to make a good investment return, not necessarily make a home, but a good investment return that might seep into your community. And I would really encourage Albertans right now to take pride in the fact that well, affordability has eroded in Edmonton, Calgary, many towns in Alberta. It hasn't eroded as it has elsewhere. And that is something to hold desperately onto because it means hard work continues to pay off better in your province than, say, B.C. or Ontario. Uh, well, that is some good news. There's no question about it. Um, in terms of where we've seen things go, just how much of a difference has it because we keep hearing about the soaring cost of housing prices. If you go back, say, even just one year, is it one of the bigger increases we've seen, in, in you know, historically speaking? Oh, the year 2021 yeah. uh, was a really remarkable year for driving home prices up on average across the country. And that actually was led in no small part by Ontario, which over the pandemic, Ontario, our biggest, our most populous province in the country, lost control over home prices more over a two-year period than has any other province at any time in the last half century. Wow. And interestingly, I mean, they're having an election a few days, and I had expected that that factoid actually might have been more of a challenge for the incumbent premier to deal with. But 
it hasn't actually stuck with him in, 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 in as much of the way as I expected. But it is a real worry for our country more generally. And that's, yeah. the, that's the potential pressure coming in right now as people see, oh, there's been a lot of price accumulation in Ontario, so where's the next good spot? And I think uh, you know, an economy like Alberta is primed to be at risk because you haven't lost control of your home prices so much in the past. And so if I were in front of you, I'd be like on my knees begging Albertans, <laughs> please say the following, to you know, restore affordability for all. Let's have home prices stall so that earnings can catch up. And just uh, the goal of home prices stalling ought to be something that you know, municipal politicians, provincial politicians, and federal politicians in your jurisdictions start to espouse loudly and proudly. Okay, now that's the issue, Paul, because if you take a look at this, realistically, to a lot of people, this is what's supposed to happen. Your home is, for a lot of people, it's your retirement investment. It's supposed to be the best investment you can make. They're supposed to go up in value. Well, you see, and this is the cultural addiction to high and rising prices that you've just articulated. And so we all have a choice. Do we want housing primarily to be a place to call home? Or do we want housing to be a way to get rich or a really good investment strategy? The reality is, given the data that I described when my mom became a young person starting out on the housing market, that demographic, kind of a baby boom demographic, had thought they could have both, a good place to call home and a good investment (laughs) strategy. But you can't have both for a very long time without harming your kids or grandchildren. Because the moment housing is a good investment, it means it's going to rise faster than other things in your economy, which is exactly what's happening. It's, it's, housing prices have left behind local earnings, which if you were in the housing market, somebody like me, I've been a homeowner for almost two decades, and last year in Metro Vancouver, I made half a million dollars on my home value while I slept. Yeah, yeah. But that means someone who's just as smart as me, just as hardworking as me, now can't live where I do. And that is not, I don't think, that's not an Alberta way. Albertans want hard work to pay off. They don't want people to get easy windfalls while they sleep. It depends on which side of that equation you're on. But I think I, I, your point is, is uh, well received. So how do, we, how do we do that? These government interventions, these government measures that we've seen, are they going to help? Or has this uh, horse left the barn, so to speak? Well, the horse has left the barn, uh, and the question is, it's certainly left the barn. It is galloping. It's like past <laughs> the finish line in Ontario and B.C. The question is, can we catch up in time for in Alberta so that when you have stampede, you know, you don't have an out-of-control uh, race? And uh, I think the answer is in Alberta, there's still some time not to let the worst kind of damage sit in. And I know there will be some people that like out there right now listening as renters and like, what the F is that guy talking about? It's really hard to find a rental with enough bedrooms to raise my kids, let alone yeah. save to get into an ownership. So he's crazy. The system's broken and they're right. And so I think at this moment, we need to actually um, invite those who have actually benefited from wealth windfalls from housing like me, especially those who are now in homes that are over a million bucks. Can, can we ask people like me to contribute slightly more in my taxes based on my housing wealth in order to reduce the pressure on income taxes for renters and other middle-income earners who aren't, don't have that housing wealth windfall to draw on? I think that's one thing we could do. We could invest that into more purpose-built rentals and deeply affordable cooperative housing. That would be great. And you mentioned off the top that interest rates are rising. And that's happening now, thankfully, because people are noticing gas prices are definitely on the, you know, they've risen, food prices are higher, furniture prices are higher. But we have a problem in Canada that Statistics Canada, uh, 
which is responsible for measuring inflation for us. And it does many good, many things well at StatsCan. But they're actually weak at measuring inflation when it comes to housing. They don't actually track in their overall inflation measure what's happening to average home prices. And as a result, they didn't signal years and years and years ago that we had a major housing inflation problem. If only they had done that back then, we would have seen interest rates rise. And rising interest rates will help to cool the housing market. And we need to beg StatsCan to fix its measure of housing inflation. So down the road, they don't, uh, they're not asleep at the wheel and giving the wrong signals to the Bank of Canada, which then allows them to Bank of Canada to keep interest rates low, which has then helped to fuel further speculation in our housing market. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I feel fortunate in some ways that I got in when I did. And like you, like, like you said, Paul, I mean, it wasn't easy. We still had to jump through some hoops and RSP buybacks and all the rest of it, but you could do it now taking a look at some of it. I, I don't know if it'd be possible. So it, it certainly has changed. I mean, you know, that's going back 20 years, 25 years. So things have changed. Yeah, but, Notice, though, that in that 20-year period, so that's kind of a lovely generational comparison. I just love how you're framing it. Like, it was hard work back then, but the hard work can pay off. Yeah. Now let's have people who are older in our demographic. It's like, let's lean in and empathize and with those who are following in our footsteps and yeah. say, hard work's not paying off like it used to. Right. Let's figure out how to adapt for that. Yeah, that, it's just not available to them the way it was for us. Uh, a great discussion. Really interesting. Thanks so much, Paul.